Blog Talk Radio. One source for knowledge in the information age. High frequency radio network. Oh, 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 
out of my mind Feeling like committing a crime Get a lot for that I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line
I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Salt L, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you again for another episode of the Foundation. Private Trust, Worst Case Scenarios. So we're going to get into this today. But first, we understand that this is the foundation, and we are High Frequency Radio Network, where we understand incorrect information, I'm sorry, incorrectly applied, can get you hurt, correct information, incorrectly applied, can get you hurt, so as always, we are looking to correctly apply that correct information here at the foundation. I want to start off by saying all thanks, praises, and honors due to the Creator. And we would know why. I want to say big up, shout out, and salute to my big brother, the uncle of the conscious community, Yusuf L., my big brother. My my conscious big brother. High frequency radio network creator, spcuniversity.com. If you would like to get that SPC dance going, so you know definitely make sure you check that out. Secure party creditor. If you're interested, if you're on the fence, spcuniversity.com. Definitely. Definitely check out welcome to the foundation.com. Just like it sounds. Welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you sign up for that email list. So you can get your hands on that exclusive content, those exclusive offers. And access to early exclusive events. So that email list is important. Make sure you check out the PDF section at welcome to the foundation.com. We got you know a lot of PDFs that we saw that were being charged for on the internet. So we just made them available. We should probably put a, put a disclaimer up there because, you know, there's stuff on there that's kind of sketchy. But instead of taking it down, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to leave it up there. So make sure you check check out the, uh, the PDF section at welcometothefoundation.com. Also check out the education section. I would start off with, you know, the Foundation Trust Primer. That's, excuse me, over 18 hand documents, hand-picked documents, I should say, by yours truly. I got used to get the question all the time, you know, where do I start? You know, with coming coming to these types of structures, 
where do I start? So, you know, we put together the Foundation Trust Series. But also, you know, we put together that Foundation Trust Primer. So, you know, <clears throat> grab that if you're just starting out. We also got the Foundation Trust Series, as I said, Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3, DVD format. DVD drive, a DVD player. I know it's old school, but it's reliable. PowerPoint presentation, Black's Law dictionary definitions, Supreme Court site, uh, excuse me, Supreme Court case citations. Getting to the nitty-gritty, I would say part one is beginner, part two is intermediate, and part three is a more advanced with regards to estate and finance, but you can get those at welcometothefoundation.com in the education section. Also, we have the Foundation Passport No Social, part one and part two. We have Brother Chris L. come through and, you know, just... Share with us luxuriously how he obtained it, his passport with no social in part one and in part two, how he uses it, his passport, no social. So be sure to check out the education section at welcometothefoundation.com. If you haven't, you know you might be missing something. You just might. Also, you can find all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at welcometothefoundation.com also. And last but not least, you can make a donation as well as book a consultation. Once again, all at the same location, welcometothefoundation.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. We're going to get live listeners, archive listeners, MP3 listeners, podcast listeners, live callers. Internet listeners, however you do it, however you check out the show, Jeff, definitely want to say peace to you. Also want to say peace to all trustees here and trustee training at the foundation. And, you know, peace to you if you are otherwise investing in your private education. I think it's important. It's a big deal, you know. Shout out. I got this new uh, this new equipment, man. I got this new mic. I hope, hopefully, it's coming in right. And then, you know, some new, a couple new toys. So I don't know. Email me, admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. If this is, if this is, you know, if this is sounding good. You got my 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 mobile number. Shoot me a text. I'm confusion. But hopefully, you know, I'm coming in real nice. If not, you know, something's getting took back to the stove. But, you know, trying to keep it down with these continual upgrades here at the foundation. So, moving forward, private trusts, worst case scenarios is the name of the episode today. But first, as you always know, we will get into these current events. 
starting with we got here what's going down USA today All right, there we go. Fed raises interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point, opens the door to another hike despite easing inflation. You know what that means? People say, you know, let's not even get into that. Washington, despite a recent pullback in inflation, the Federal Reserve raised its key interest rate by a quarter point today and signaled yet another hike is at least on the table, if not likely, in the coming months. And this is amid what they say and what they call a solid economy. The move nudged the federal funds rate to a range of five and a quarter percent to five and a half percent, the highest level in 22 years. 22 years. In a statement after. A two-day meeting, the Fed repeated that, quote, determining the extent of additional policy firming that will be appropriate to lower inflation to the 2% target will hinge on inflation as well as economic and financial developments, among other factors. That suggests another rate increase is likely in September or November, Barclays wrote, In a note to clients last week, another rate hike would have been less likely if the central bank had reverted to language in a prior statement that referred to the extent to which additional policy firming may be appropriate. Barclays said, I mean, what do you think? I think, you know, I think they're doing exactly what they're they're supposed to be doing as far as, you know, how they do their dance. Is that popular with the public? Overall, no. Anyone with a variable interest rate or VAR or VAR or I don't know. That would be credit card debt. Certain types of mortgages, things of that nature. You don't like it. It's not good. But. You know, personally, I think they're going to continue to raise rates. They're going to probably raise them another quarter percentage point regardless. But, I mean, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. You know, that would be dope. What we got here? Booyaka shot. Bloomberg. (laughs) Bloomberg. American credit scores that got the panorama boost are sliding again. A bevy of U.S. consumers who saw their credit scores boosted by government stimulus and a pause on student loan payments during the panorama are now seeing those scores slide back into subprime territory. This is according to the country's largest card issuer. As a result, Synchrony Financial has begun closing inactive accounts and curtailing card limits. For a small portion of accounts, Chief Financial Officer Brian Wenzel said in an interview, the Stanford, Connecticut-based firm hasn't felt the need to tighten underwriting standards for new accounts, he added. Quote, what we are seeing is people who are doing significant score migration. 
This is 680 to 690 credit score going to 620. Folks who had paid down debt, their scores had gone up. And now they're reverting back to more normal performance, end quote. So basically, it sounds to me like, hey, man, you know, they, they just got some money and they paid down the debt. And now, they're, you know, they're getting back to what, you know, their normal normal performance. Wenzel's company, which accounts Amazon.com and Lowe's, among its largest partners, saw a net income slump 29% in second quarter and to $569 million after it had to set aside more money to cover souring loans. The firm joined rivals in reporting a steep uptick in credit card charge-offs, though industry executives continued to note that losses remain below pre-panorama levels. And this is not just consumer credit. This is not just, you know, credit that's being only extended to to con- at the consumer level is what I'm saying. We're also seeing this in commercial credit, commercial loans, things of that nature. You know, I I just think you know, I think it's going to continue to go down. That's what I think, you know what I'm saying? So, mhm. Mhm. And that's not cool. Speaking of not cool, CNN Business, Anheuser-Busch to lay off employees after Bud Light loses spot as top-selling beer to Modelo in May. And, you know, they would make it seem like, oh, they lost the top spot in May. It's July. They got to lay off people. I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I think that's kind of two months within two months and I don't think that was the case I think that's just the cover because a lot of a lot of corporations are laying off employees and they're doing it in waves they have to CNN New York beer maker Anheuser-Busch said today that it would lay off positions across the US corporate staff in a statement Anheuser Bush spokesperson said the restructuring quote will simplify and reduce layers within its organization end quote the layoffs will not include frontline staff staff such as brewery and warehouse staff drivers and field sales among others end quote sure sounds like a lot of corporate staff to start off with but we'll see the job eliminations represent less than two percent of the Anheuser Bush, U.S. employee population. The statement said the company's website says that it employs more than 19,000 employees nationwide. 2% of that figure would number about 380 positions. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, excuse me, why... A 380 position reduction in the workforce would warrant the CNN business article. <laughs> so, I mean, it's up to you. But, you know, you can look at that as on the surface. Or you can look at, <laughs> look at it for probably what it is, you know what I mean? 
What we got here? U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. This is not usually a news source that I, you know, that that we quote here at the foundation. <laughs> but you know, I, any source that's relevant, we're gonna rock with it, right? Getting less for the same price. Explore how the CPI measures shrinkflation and its impact on inflation. Yo. Uh, CPI's Consumer Price Index. You may have noticed recently that you're going through a roll of paper towels at a faster clip or that there seem to be fewer tortilla chips in the bag. This isn't your imagination. The concept is known as downsizing or shrinkflation. As input costs increase and costs to create a product rise, companies can increase the list price of a good or they can offer a smaller amount of the product for the same price. So a candy bar size might change from 1.6 ounces to 1.5 ounces, yet the price stays the same. In other words, the price per unit the consumer pays increases as the amount they purchase decreases while the price they pay at the register remains the same. Shrinkflation or downsizing is common across food and household commodities, including potato chips, paper towels, cereal, cleaning supplies, and candy. Manufacturers change sizes because market research indicates, check this out, that consumers are more sensitive to price change than size change. Downsizing impacts the amount of a good a customer receives Therefore, goods that are sold by a specific unit of weight or volume do not experience downsizing. For example, gasoline or steaks generally do not experience downsizing as they are sold per gallon or per pound. So this is really just per package item. You know, packaged items, I'm sure this would extend to, you know, packaged foods as well. So, like, you know, if you can buy a pack of chicken wings in the freezer section, It's called shrinkflation. It's probably a concept that most are not familiar with, but if, you know, you start paying attention, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll notice. You will notice that you're getting less for the same price. Now, not only are you dealing with inflation of prices, the increase of the dollar amount per unit, Overall, but we're all, and then in some sectors of the commodities, it's runaway inflation. It's some crazy inflation. It's going to be nuts. But we're also receiving less for, excuse me, the items that we buy packaged, more or less. A roll of toilet paper will have, excuse me, 160 sheets. Instead of the, you know, 180 sheets, but it it will still be the same price. I know you feel me. So. Man. At the very least, it's something to pay attention to. CNN business gasoline prices are spiking. That's a problem for Powell and the federals. Them federalities. This is out of New York CNN business prices at the gas pump are suddenly surging, causing headaches for consumers and central bankers alike. The two-day pump 
jump in gasoline prices. <laughs> I like that. The biggest in a year is combining with a rally in wheat and other agricultural commodities, a lasting spike in food and fuel prices would unravel progress on the inflation front, potentially forcing the Federal Reserve to continue raising interest rates. What did I say? And then um, didn't, I think India announced that they were closing their uh, export doors with regards to wheat. And a lot of people went crazy in certain you know, parts of the United States. And a lot of people ain't even heard of it. But, you know, rice, rice and, and wheat and whatever, man, it was jumping off. It's crazy. It's insane. The national average, average price for a gallon of regular gasoline climbed to a three-month high to $3.69 on, I'm sorry, according to AAA. That's up five cents. From yesterday, man, marking the biggest one-day increase since June 2022, and this comes just a day after a four-cent increase previously, the biggest one-day increase in a year. All told, gas prices have spiked nine cents in 48 hours. Drivers have encountered anything, have not, I'm sorry, encountered anything like that since last June, quote, we're seeing a sudden jolt, <laughs> end quote. I'm sorry, man, someone is reporting. <laughs> Said Patrick Dahan, head of petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy. <laughs> Man, let me get that dude's let me get that dude's job. Analysts blame a combination of mounting supply cuts by OPEC and Russia, extreme heat that has sidelined oil refineries, and optimism about the health of the world economy. <laughs> Man, of course, pump prices are still well below where they were last summer the national average was 64 cents higher a year ago and a one dollar 33 cents higher at the peak in june 2022 yep so like i said not only are we paying more for the same amount or yeah, I'm sorry, more for less, for for less, the less, less volume. Let's say that within the package. <clears throat> and paying more per unit, I think is, I think it's you know, it's not it's not um. It's not going to be relegated to one sector of the economy or, you know, one specific sector of, you know, the commodity sector. This is, this is, you know, hey, case in point, CNBC, Coca-Cola says it's done raising prices in the United States and Europe this year, just this year. <laughs> it wasn't period. It was this year. <laughs> For two years, Coca-Cola has been raising prices on its drinks to combat higher costs but the company said today it's done hiking prices this year in developed markets like the united states and europe so you know next year what about next year next year is in what like less than six months coke follows the lead of rival pepsico which said in february 
It wouldn't raise prices beyond its usual hike for beverages in the fourth quarter. Both companies have reported strong, strong sales growth thanks to higher prices, but consumer demand has weakened, although not as much as expected. Oh. Y'all still out there drinking them sodies. Coke's prices were up 10% in the second quarter compared with a year ago. Customers in U.S. and Europe are switching to private label bottled water and juices. Coke CEO James Quincy said today on the company's conference call, the company reported that U.S. unit case volume fell 1% in the second quarter, quote, across the sector. Consumers are increasingly cost conscientious. They are looking for value and stocking up on items on sale, end quote. Coke plans to raise prices in line with inflation in developing markets like Latin America. And then, you know, they're going to swim back. It'll swim back around. I don't know. Maybe, you know. Grab your Dr. Peppers now. How long do them things last in cans if you put them in the basement? Reuters, MasterCard moves to ban cannabis purchases on its debit cards. On the debit cards, not just credit cards. You more than likely have a, a MasterCard symbol on your debit card or Visa card. I think Visa is a little more prominent. But in some reasons, it's, you know, it's MasterCard. So imagine how many debit cards this affects. MasterCard has told financial institutions to stop allowing cannabis transactions on its debit cards, dealing a blow to an industry already on the fringes of the financial system in the United States. Most banks in the country do not service cannabis companies as it remains illegal at the federal level, despite several states legalizing its medicinal and recreational use. Quote, as we were made aware of this matter, we quickly investigated it in accordance with our policies. We instructed the financial institutions that offer payment services to cannabis merchants and connects them to MasterCard to to terminate the activity, end quote. This is a spokesperson for the company. Quote, the federal government considers cannabis sales illegal, so these purchases are not allowed on our systems, end quote. Person added, Sunburn Cannabis CEO Brady Cobb said in the statement that, quote, this move is another blow to the state legal cannabis industry and patients and consumers who want to access this budding category. Earlier this month, Republican Senator John Cornyn, John Cornyn, said Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's plan to pass a cannabis banking bill was, quote, <laughs> wishful thinking, end quote. I like this. Yo, they ain't throwing shots at each other over there in the Senate, yo. The Safe Banking Act is a crucial legislation that would make it easier for cannabis industry to access banking services. MasterCard's decision was first reported by Bloomberg. Reuters stole your stuff. We got here. We're just coming out of here. Markets today. Uh, scoop upworthy. What's the source of this, John? Oh, uh, okay. Check it out. <clears throat> CNN. 
Americans spend up to 50% of their income on rent due to how housing costs reveals Harvard study, man. Housing problems in the United States have become increasingly prominent, affecting millions of Americans. Rising rent costs, limited affordable housing options, and an increasing number of households spending a significant portion of their income on housing expenses have exacerbated the issue, leading to a nationwide crisis that demands urgent attention and solutions. The State of the Nation's Housing 2023 report from Harvard's Joint Center for Housing Studies reveals in an unprecedented increase in the number of American renters allocating at least one-third of their income towards rent payments. Currently, 21.6 million households spend over 30% of their pre-tax earnings on rental fees. The study conducted by Harvard also highlights that certain homes are going as far as spending up to 50% of their income on apartments. Man. But they're still raising interest rates. Banks buying banks. What's, what's it coming to? Reuters.com, U.S. property catastrophe. Reinsurance rates rise up to 50% on the 1st of July. So that was July 1st. <clears throat> so they rose. U.S. property catastrophe reinsurance rates. Rose by as much as 50%. So, catastrophe, hurricanes, tornadoes, heavy snow, hail, earthquakes, 50%. Broker Gallagher RE said in a report on Monday with states such as California and Florida increasingly hit by wildfires and hurricanes. Reinsurers insure insurance companies. Man, say that a bunch of times. And have been raising rates in recent years because of steeping losses, which industry players put down in part to the impact of climate change. Higher reinsurance rates can affect the premiums, which insurance charge, insurers charge to their customers. U.S. reinsurance rates for policies which previously faced, faced claims for natural catastrophes rose 30 to 50%, Gallagher Ray said. I'll just say Ray. Reinsurance rates for similar policies in Florida Rose thirty to forty percent. I know there's um there's a company those companies they do controlled burns. Those controlled burn companies, there's a lot of them in Cali, you know, in certain areas where there's, there's heavy forest. And what they do is they do controlled burns. They burn certain port part parts or portions of the forest either to avoid or to combat the spreading of forest fires or to preempt, you know, these forest fires. And from, I think I read, I think it was an NPR, uh, National Public Radio, that the companies pulled out. There's a lot of controlled burn company insurers that will no longer insure those companies. And, you know, the way I see it is, first, we're going to, you're going to see the effects as natural disasters increase of the the rates of insurance increases on specific groups 
to begin with. What do I mean? So, you know, they're raising rates on hurricane insurance, flood insurance in certain zones. So, you know, they mentioned Florida. They mentioned California. Um, even even California, I think State Farm pulled out of California. They don't even insure homes in California anymore. Let alone, let alone these companies. So, you know, you're going to see these companies are going to increase increase rates for certain people in these regions, in these areas. And then as this continues, they're going to increase rates for everybody on everything, including car insurance, all types of insurance, all the insurance. CNN business, just 1% of all U.S. homes change hands this so far this year. And that's all bad. Just 1% of all U.S. homes change hands in the first half of this year, the lowest Share in the last decade. According to data firm Redfin, only about 14 out of every 1,000 existing homes moved from one owner to another in the first half of 2023, compared to 19 every 1,000 during the same period in 2019. That means home buyers have 28% fewer homes to pick from than before the panorama upended the U.S. housing market. The pre Panorama turnover rate is fairly typical for a modern housing market. These fools can't write. According to Redfin, but a more creative, I'm sorry, a more active market would have a rate closer to 40 to 50 per 1,000. The main reason so few, few houses have sold so far this year is that there aren't many on the market to buy and people can't afford higher mortgage rates, period. I mean, people aren't selling. And, you know, the people who are selling, you know, people who want to buy it, it's crazy out there. The frenzy of home buying during the panorama years depleted supply and inventory hasn't been replenished. There is a historically low supply of homes on the market to buy as current homeowners hunker down with their ultra low mortgage rates to 2%, 3%, and 4% and put off becoming a buyer at rates of 6% and 7%. I'm telling you. Why? Why would I why would I sell a property that I, I'm rocking, you know, mid three percent, three and a half, three point seven five percent interest on? Sell sell that property. And then, you know, with the proceeds of that property, look to buy another property in these interest in this interest rate environment. It makes it makes quick complete sense. And here's another thing I was thinking about earlier. And then, you know, I'm gonna get to the show because here we go, but I was thinking what if what if single family home ownership really becomes like some luxurious stuff? What I mean is like the American dream is a single family home. You know, white picket fence, so on and so forth with the dog and the blah blah. But more often than not, you people are living in apartments, condos, um, multifamily homes. There's there's a lot of legislation being passed in a lot of cities that new buildings can go up, multifamily homes can go up in in uh, what you call them uh, areas of the city where they couldn't before. Now now these things are being passed. You're able to do these things. So multifamily homes are becoming more and more prominent. And of course you're always going to have the suburbs. So you know there you go. But I think a lot of people are priced out of those. Not only the single-family home market in cities, let alone suburbs, man. 
I think single family home, like a sing, one single family in a single family home, is going to become more and more of a novelty, in my opinion, in the next, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but you know, I don't know. What we got here? So we can move on. Reuters. <laughs> oh my goodness, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright y'all, so look <laughs> Reuters.com Microsoft to supply AI tech to Japan Government, I don't know why they say it was Japanese Government, really. maybe it's, I don't know So artificial, Microsoft is going to supply Artificial intelligence technology To, to the Japanese government And this was reported Tomorrow Because it's tomorrow in Tokyo Right? Microsoft will provide artificial intelligence technology to the Japanese government after enhancing the processing power of its data centers located within the country. The Nikkei newspaper reported on Thursday, you know, them fools is in the future. Japan's digital agency will make the technology developed by Microsoft-backed startup OpenAI available on a trial basis for the art for the autumn for tasks such as preparing minutes <laughs> and an- analyzing government statistics <laughs> what analyzing government statistics the rollout would be the first such overseas deployment of Microsoft's technology outside of Europe Nikkei said I mean and you'll be like so why do you care why are you even saying this? You know, big deal. Microsoft is selling technology to Japan. You know, they sell technology. <laughs> they sell technology to everybody. And I'm laughing because this is all bad. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I laugh in the face of horror. I'm, I'm the wrong guy to watch a horror movie with. I'm cracking up. But check this out. And this is from the UK Mail, DailyMail.UK, Daily Mail, that's what it is, DailyMail.co.uk, Japan, to deploy eerie behavior detection technology to snare criminals before they commit crime, similar to that in Minority Report. Yo, they about to deploy some, you ain't, oh, you're like, oh, well, Microsoft, <laughs> yo. Hey, listen, uh, ChatGPT, it's, it's about to have capabilities that, that are, quote, offline in America. Japanese police will begin testing a draconian network of AI-enhanced security cameras, hoping to stop major crimes before they happen. The pre-crime monitoring tests, reminiscent of the 2002 sci-fi film Minority Report, will intentionally avoid using the tech's facial recognition capabilities, according to Japan's National Police Agency. Sure. Instead, the AI cameras will focus on machine learning pattern recognition of three types, behavior detection for suspicious activities, object detection for guns and other weapons, and 
intrusion detection for the protection of restricted areas. Japanese police officials said they intend to launch their AI test program sometime during this fiscal year, which ends March 2024 in Japan. In Japan, while some counterterrorism experts maintain that the new AI-powered cameras, AI, will help to deploy police officers <laughs> more efficiently, providing more means for vigilance. It's going gonna, it's gonna to provide more means for vigilance. Others worry about introducing hidden algorithmic biases into police work. Terrified by last year's surprise assassination of Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Man, they assassinated that dude? And dang, and shocked by a failed attempt on the life of Japan's, man, I can't, I'm, I'm rocking out here. Japan's new Prime Minister, hold on. Oh, it was Fumio Kishida. They tried to look. The nation's police have struggled to prevent high-profile crimes, which are often committed by individuals they call lone offenders. Police have used the term lone offenders to describe a growing sector of Japanese society lonely and disaffected young people, sometimes called otaku for nerd or shut-in, who have sometimes proven Violent, despite no known criminal history. Man, Japan's national, I can't believe this, Japan's National Police Agency AI camera tests come on the one-year anniversary of the Prime Minister's fatal shooting. Mm-hmm. Advocates say the AI so-called behavior detection machine learning algorithm would be capable of training itself by observing the patterns of individuals deemed suspicious. Activity, activities like looking around in a repetitious and nervous fashion. I look around all the time, repeatedly. When I'm walking, when I'm in public, it's called being aware of my surroundings. <laughs> Man, advocate, whoa. While Japanese police officials did not get into details, past efforts at AI and have security cameras in the Far Eastern nation have focused on fidgeting, restlessness, rapid eye movement, and other behaviors flagged as products of a guilty mind. Man, police officials hope that the software can pull the identifications out of a large crowds and other distracting conditions that make identification of risks Difficult even to highly trained humans in law enforcement. Look, I'm done. Hold on. I'm not done. AI shape analysis will also help the system detect suspicious items like firearms and other weapons, which is this is object detection, while certain protected locations will be programmed into detect malicious trespassers. For now, the National Police Agency's use of this crime prediction tech will only be a test, an effort to evaluate the AI-assisted camera's accuracy to carefully consider the value of officially adopting the system. 
The police agency will not employ the technology's facial recognition features, according to Nikkei. Man, they said that. How many times did they say that? I don't believe you. You said it too many times. You know how people lying and just keep saying the same. Like, hold on, man. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Behold. <laughs> oh, my God. The orb. An eyeball scanning device. In 2023, people are also apparently getting their retina scanned by shining chrome orbs to prove it. Check it out. Check it out. And yes, there are pictures. That's because OpenAI CEO Sam Altman trumpeted WorldCoin's launch on Monday. WorldCoin, CBDCs. I've been, I've been, I've been screaming about this for years, y'all. I feel a certain way. An effort he co-founded years earlier with Alex. Blania to enable universal access to the global economy. The orbs, shiny sculptural spheres that scan the eyeballs of new members seem to have become the company's dystopian symbol. They help to provide users with world IDs. Records proving a person signing up is human and not AI, with the goal of moving through the internet more easily and accessing digital currency, according to the company. This thing is ridiculous. Its reflective surface warps any surrounding people and buildings around its circumference, like an all-consuming funhouse mirror ball. It's almost hypnotic. Imagine holding its gaze as the orb affirms your humanity. Meanwhile, crypto paradise premise aside, WorldCoin has been tweeting photos of the objects against the backdrop of big cities. The choice to make it circular is interesting, too. The orb is the latest in the line of enigmatic orbs that have transfixed and disturbed observers on social media, like the beaming one Donald Trump was pictured holding with world leaders back in 2017. But WorldCoin's orbs look more like instructable machines that something... I'm sorry, machines, they look more like Instructable machines than something mythological. That's what it was, my bad. One in Libsyn looks up in a scenic portrait with the Bellum Tower in Singapore. It shines in focus as the Mariana Bay Sands Hotel towers in the distance. There's an orb flanked by palm trees in Miami and, and another reflecting the skies in Tokyo and metal eye designed to scan eyeballs nestled in urban spaces. It'd be understandable if you thought it looked like something capable of surveilling and absorbing its surroundings, even as a fictional sci-fi creation. It's borderline two on the nose. WorldCoin seems to have anticipated some of the more obvious critiques of the Orb's dystopian aesthetic and sought to provide reinsurance. You don't need to provide any personal information if you don't want to, its website says. Besides, of course, the one Pertaining to the insides of your eyes, the world ID itself doesn't contain any iris-related data, data, according to the company, and the eyeball scans get erased. Sure. Sure. So what is this? This is what they're doing to keep you safe and 
prove that you're an actual human and you're not artificial intelligence pretending to be human doing stuff on the internet. So watch for this. You're going to have to prove that you're human. Coindesk, there's an article on Coindesk. The company has open source the hardware, blah, blah, blah. The company has set up a way for humans to prove that they're human and unique and made it available today to developers so that they can build a myriad of applications that will perhaps one day be the basis of the new digital economy. The ambition is to one day even use WorldCoin to distribute universal basic income. Part of the controversy, and look, you're going to have to scan your iris. You're going to have to, you're going to get your information in order for you to get universal basic income, the free money. Not only are you going to have to use CDBDCs, it's going to be dispersed in CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, but it's also going to require you to give up all your biometric data. This this person even scan this 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 guy went and scanned the writer of this article went and scanned their eyes and wrote about the process. And last but not least, CNBC, AWS, Amazon Web Services announces generative artificial intelligence tool to save doctors time on paperwork. It's about to be AI doctors, AI nurses. They're saying, oh, it's going to save you time on paperwork. Nope, it's going to replace you. Is it going to replace all doctors? No. It's going to reduce the necessity for the current capacity of the entire workforce of a lot of people, a lot of pe- people people in this system. And that's it for current events, y'all. Welcome to the foundation. <clears throat> so I want to do a show. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I, I try to do a show similar to this, you know, once a year. But I, I can't remember the last time I did this show. So I wanted to do a show, private trust, worst case scenarios. You know, where, what's the worst case in the cabin? What, you know, um, what, when people get when people get into this information, you know, um, there's two types of people, m- major, major types of people when it comes to, you know, coming into this private information, this private, uh, you know, private estate, private, you know, trust, private banking. All of these things. There's two different types of people, and um, the first, the first one is what I like to call the believer. <laughs> and the believer, either whether it's because of research or you know it's because of just blind faith, the believer doesn't really ask too many questions. The believer just wants to know how. I don't, you know, what's the information? Give it to me. Give it to me. I believe. I know this works. I know this is true. I believe it. Let me get the training. That's that's the believer. You know? The the second type is uh <laughs> you know, I want to say the skeptic, but um sometimes skeptic is a little soft. 
for the for this type. The second type will probably be uh we'll just we'll just call them, you know, the extreme skeptic. So these types of people they've done research mostly. Mostly most of them have done research on these types of trusts and the law that governs these types of trusts. But, you know, for whatever reason they still they they're still skeptical. Very, very skeptical. Now, you know, it can it can be because, you know, um it could be someone in their life that they're sharing the information with that just is really not with it <laughs> and you know just just not believing and you know while they're sharing the information they're being very negative and most people will be negative you know when you share your aspirations believe it or not you tell someone I'm going to start a business I'm going to do this I'm going to be famous I'm gonna, and you know most people you tell that too even people who love you you'd be surprised if you pay attention but most people in your life will tell you that you can't do that or you know you got to be more serious or, or you know some sort of reason as to why you shouldn't do that why you shouldn't try and it's it's not anything sinister it's it's a combination of things it's you know <clears throat> they don't see themselves doing it so how can they picture someone else doing it they've known you this whole, this whole time for all of these years and you know they have this these these prejudices they've built up in their mind with regards to your abilities and your disabilities, or you know the idea of you doing that thing and being successful in what you say that you're going to be successful in is a an idea that creates space it makes them feel further away from you. And, you know, humans being creatures of habit, they, you know, hey, they don't want you to change because if you can change, stuff gets weird, it's different, they don't like different, quit doing that. Stop, you know, what's what's the, the most thing, stop being weird. Don't be weird. Don't be this, don't be that. Uh, so... I, I, I'm doing the show. Worst case scenarios. And, and look, this this is we're, we're going to assume, right, that you're not looking to commit fraud. All right. We're going to assume that you're not looking to evade taxes we're going to assume that there's no sinister sinister excuse me intent in your mind as you attempt to not only establish but administer properly your private estate this is the this is the the presumption for this this episode so this isn't worst case scenario for someone or, you know, a board who's attempted to evade taxes. I don't, you know, look, not, this ain't for y'all. Y'all better go find some other information. If you're just looking to just fraught, just, just flagrantly. Chivalrous. <laughs> it's chivalrous. It's not a word I know, but volume 10. If you don't know what that means, 
I'm going to tell you. But if you're just straight up evading taxes out here, just, you know, blah, blah, this is, I can't help you. I'm just not what I'm talking about. If you're just out here, you know, <clears throat> looking to fraudulently transfer title <clears throat> to property, into trust, things of that nature, this ain't for you. I, mean, I don't know what to do. This is this is for this is for worst case scenario, you know, you get into private trustee training here at the foundation. Let's just let's just use this as an example, right? Or any organization or any private group or any whatever, a friend, whatever. Because the stuff in the training you're not gonna find on the internet. Good luck. But nonetheless. What we're talking about here, worst case scenarios, this is for someone who would get into a training or begin, you know, private administration as they believe to be, you know, legal and lawful with no <clears throat> no intent, fraudulent intent. This is the presumption. So, well, man, my bad. Whoops. <clears throat> so, this will be, you know, a, a person. This will be someone who didn't necessarily pay attention. You know, they weren't necessarily following along in the trainings. weren't necessarily respecting the assignments and the materials that are required. And it's probably under the impression that, hey, mate, you know, this curriculum here at the foundation is way too intense. It's not that serious. This is private. And, you know, I'm a man on the land or, you know, whatever. I don't know, man. So let's talk it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Worst case scenario. But I, I just definitely wanted to qualify this show because I'm not out here telling you what the worst case scenario is for you over here evading taxes, man. Over here. Um. Um, padding expenses, increasing, you know, uh, the it was actually $300, but you're trying to write down it was $500, and you're trying to expense $500, except for the actual substantive $300. I don't play that. I don't get down like that. It's ridiculous. I think it's silly. I think it's one of the silliest things. <laughs> and I know where it comes from. I understand it. I still, I still think it's silly. Still, to this day. <clears throat> but worst case scenarios. All right, so we got we have self-dealing, you know, what is self-dealing? Self-dealing is administering a trust in essence as though the trust is you. As there's as though there's no distinction between you and the actual trust. As if you and the trust are not separate and distinct entities. It's very it's actually the exact way you administer the individual. Let's be honest. It's exactly how you administer the individual. If you administer a trust the same way you administer an individual, self-dealing, easy, 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 easy. And, you know, what is that? And people are like, what do you mean how I uh, administer the individual? Well, you go to work, right? Yeah. Okay. You get a paycheck, right? Yeah. You get your paycheck. Yeah. Is their money taken out? Yeah. 
That's withholding and taxes and FICA and, you know, unemployment and whatever. Yep. Is it under your control? No. Well, technically it is. Is what I claim. Can you claim exempt? No. Okay, so there's, you know, there's there's income withheld from your check. You receive the check. It goes into your account. What do you do with that money? Well, I pay my phone bill and I pay my rent. I buy some food, maybe buy some clothes. I might purchase a subscription app or Netflix. I don't know. Pay my car payment, pay my insurance payment, so on and so forth. You get the idea, right? And all of that, and all of that, can you point to your delegation of authority with regards to all of those transactions? No. Is there a governing instrument for how you administer the individual? No. Why? Because most people, 99%, 99 99.9%, I would say, of Americans believe that they are actually technically an individual. Like, they are the individual. They are the birth certificate. That's them. That's their name. This is me. And the extreme benefit, the public views of the individual is that there's no real governance. The only real governance is with regards to, you know, what is it? Civil, civil statutes. You know, how you treat your neighbor and, you know, where you park your car, did you pay for the parking, is there no parking on Tuesdays, things of that nature. And then when it comes to taxes, you know, there's a, there's a 1040 and there's rules and, you know, there's ceilings to deductions and certain things you can't deduct and blah, 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 blah. But regardless of what you say, you administer an individual. Unless you don't, which means you operate through trust, you possibly have a credit privacy number or something of that nature, and you don't use a social. But you administer an individual, whether you know it or not. <clears throat> so that administration, however you see it, however you look at it, whether you go and get some ice cream and you swipe your personal debit card, or you pay for some rent in your apartment, This is administration. We just you, we just don't know that. But there's no governing instrument. You can do what you want, and doing what you want, there's 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 a price to that. So administering a trust the same way you administer the individual, self dealing all day, all day, all day. Because with trust, we must have a delegation of authority. Everything that we do on behalf of the trust, every transaction, every action, every title, change, every bill must be under the authority of the contract of the trust. We're acting on behalf of the trust. We're acting in a specific capacity. We're not self-dealing. We're not co-mingling. 
without self-dealing in the, in the space that, you know, every transaction can be substantiated and I don't have the trust paying my personal bills. The trust isn't paying for your apartment lease that is in your individual name or in the individual name, if I'm being very specific. The trust doesn't pay for your car payment that is in the name of the individual. Because that is self-dealing. 100%. If you are administering a trust, specifically a private contract trust, and you have the trust paying your personal expenses without proper delegation, and on top of that period, the lease is in your name or the individual name, the car title is in your name or the individual's name, why? Is the trust paying for that That is self-dealing Just because you are administering this trust Does not mean That you have the right nor the power To take the funds of the trust And pay your personal bills That's called self-dealing 100% Audit 100% Audit (laughs) Not playing Tax implication First and foremost Willful or not and I would say you know that's why I said when I started I'm, we're, we're assuming that you're not operating in this at this manner with the intent to defraud with the intent to claim expenses and the amount that were not true true expense but you know the trust is attempting to claim that it was a $500 expense (laughs) padding expenses so we're not we're not talking about that so willful or not. Worst case scenario, what what have you got? What do they do? What are we looking at? We're looking at um, expenses, personal expenses, or any really any real type of expense. That the trust pays on behalf of the trustee. So the Internal Revenue Service, and I'm not a tax attorney, I'm not a lawyer, I don't give legal advice. If you need legal advice, you need to speak to a a competent attorney who has a bar card or don't have a bar card. I have not applied for a bar card. I will not apply for a bar card. You get what I'm saying? I don't give legal advice. I'm not giving you legal advice. I don't know. I'm probably crazy. Matter of fact, I'm insane. So don't believe anything I, I say because I'm out of my mind. My mind is over there. I left my mind in the car. But my head is together. You know what I'm saying? No? Bottom line, I'm not giving legal advice. But an expense paid, a personal, let's, let's just say this, co-mingling. 
Nope, self-dealing. We ain't even got the commingling there. Uh, the trust pays your rent, right? Trust pays your rent, pays your rent, and most times it pays your rent for years. And you swear that's the way it's supposed to go. Pays your rent for years. Uh, audit. IRS, through its proper de- delegation of authority, I'm not on her side, I'm not on her side, but through its proper delegation of authority, it, does, it completes its audit and it finds that the trust has been paying your rent for years. No substantiation. The, the lease for the apartment is in your name or the individual name. Let's just, just to say the name of the individual, but the trust is paying for the rent from the trust treasury. Let's just let's just say that. Self dealing. What is that? What is that? Well, it you know, I, I'm without giving legal advice, the Internal Revenue Service might look at this as unclaimed income. This is income that wasn't claimed all year. Every payment that the trust paid on your behalf for your rent would be looked at as income. Every year, and they'd add up every month, 12 months, and there'd be a total. Let's just for funsies, say your rent is $1,000, $12,000 that you didn't claim every single year. Real quick, you got about 60 seconds to call in if you're checking out the show online. Obviously, we're about to stream, so it'll cut you off. So if you want to check out the you know the full show, call in 563-999-3616. Otherwise, you will be disconnection. But where was I at? Oh yeah, so twelve grand. You got twelve thousand dollars just for funsies. And the trust paid every month. And then you got let's just multiply that by three. Let's say in the fourth year, let's say it's twenty twenty four just for fun. IRS is auditing. 2023, 2022, and 2021. Three years. And all three of those years, it's $12,000 each. And I say, you know, we're not even saying, you know, because every year they'd be up in the rent. But not even including that. It's, it's, the landlord's cool. Left it at, left it at, a, uh, left it at a grand a month. <clears throat> so you got 12000 a year. That's a year. Thirty six. 36,000. So, you know, looks like you have 36,000. Well, let's just say each year. Each year. So, we're, let's say 2021, 12,000. It gets worse the longer it goes back. So, let's start with 2021. 12,000 was not reported nor claimed on the individual return. So, that's 12,000 taxable income at the individual rate. Right? They might add it to your previous return. I don't know how they do it, man. But I just know what it. I know the implication. Like it's it's not hard to deduce the implication. Twelve thousand dollars that wasn't reported, therefore it wasn't taxed. So whatever the tax is off that twelve grand plus whatever else, I don't know what they do. So that taxes is owed from twenty twenty one. Then they're going to put interest, penalties, and fees, and they're going to forward all the interest, penalties, and fees to the current year. Which means <clears throat> you're paying interest. Starting in 2021, they're going to calculate it all the way to current, and then it's going to keep going. 2021, they're going to do the same thing with 2022. They're going to do the same thing in 2023. So after $36,000 with um, 
a tax on the $36,000, then there's going to be interest, penalties, and fees. And you can see how quickly thirty-six grand is going to add up to, you know, possibly eighty, a hundred thousand dollars, depending on, you know, this current, you know, the situation. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you know, I would, I would say, you know, worst case scenario, it's, you know, you know, back, it's unpaid taxes, interest, penalties, and fees. But this is serious. It's not a, you know, hey, little slap on the wrist. It can end up to be quite a bit. You could be doing something for a long time that you think is legal and lawful, but it's not. You think that is able to be substantiated, but it's not. And the easiest way is, you know, self-dealing. If you can't substantiate it, it's self-dealing. Well, how does that benefit the trust? How does that grow the trust assets, paying your, your rent? You're going to stand there going, uh, well, uh, uh, self-dealing. Interest, penalties, and free fees. What does that mean? Garnishment, potentially. Garnishment of personal accounts. Potentially garnishment of the trust. Checking accounts, savings accounts, the trust in question, the trust that you're co-mingling. Your, 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 your personal individual funds with. They might garnish that. They might throw a garnishment, a blah blah on all these checking all the accounts. Boom blooms. Worst case scenario, co-mingling is similar to self-dealing. Co-mingling of assets. Uh, specifically stating, you know, you might have, you know, and it's it, like I said, it's similar to self-dealing. There's, there's specifics. So I want to keep it broad, though. You might have <clears throat> a, a meeting of the Board of Trustees that resolves that, a, 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 you know, the trust will buy a vehicle. And then, you know, the trust will buy a vehicle. Cool. And then, you know, the meeting's over. And then one of the trustees takes the trust money, goes to buy a vehicle, but puts the title in their name. One hundred percent co-mingling. Sure, you have a resolution that the trust will buy a vehicle, but what else do you got? If anything, you're obviously co-mingling assets. Even if you got a schedule where the trust claims the asset, the, the, the assets on the schedule. You have a you have a minute that says that the the trustee, I mean, I'm sorry, that the trust is to buy a vehicle. But you you got you even got a, a receipt and bank statement showing that the trust paid for it, but it's in it's in the trustee name. Where that where that go? Why is it in the individual trustee name? The trust got the receipt. Trust got the minute. Trust got the schedule. Individual got the title, co-mingling. Textbook co-mingling. What happens? Trust is set aside. Assets plus cash can be acquired in the trust. Creditors and litigators of the trust and the trustee. 
and set the trust aside as an alter ego, which means the trust and the trustee is the same. Trustee's getting sued, trust assets are up for grabs. Trust is being sued, trustee's assets are up for grabs. Can you see how that could be a problem? You've been administering in a certain way for five, six, seven years. You got your minutes and everything. You believe you've been doing everything right. Everything's in trust. It's on the schedule and so on and so forth. You have some personal problems, personal financial issues. You want to personally file bankruptcy. Creditors come after the trust assets. You laugh thinking that, you know, the contract makes the law. And Article 1, Section 10 states in part, no state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contract. But then the judge, the court orders that the assets can be seized. These are the assets of the trust. What happened? The creditors' attorneys audited the administration of the trust and were able to show that there was some sort of co-mingling or self-dealing which sets aside the trust. The courts determined that the trust is an alter ego or a grantor trust, and they allowed those creditors to access the assets of the trust estate. You thought they were protected. You thought they were protected for five, six, seven years, 10 years, 15 years. Matter of fact, you knew they were protected and you passed away. You convinced that the the successor trustees, your heirs, that everything was protected. And in their administration... Creditors come and seize a bunch of assets out of the estate. They're distraught. They think they messed up. They think they dishonored your name and your legacy. You got trauma, all types of stuff. And I know I'm being sort of facetious, but not really. It happens all the time. Potential assets placed in trust years, sometimes decades prior can be liquidated by court order. And that can happen, you know, by improper administration uh, since the inception of the trust, co-mingling, self-dealing, things of that nature. From the inception of the trust, it can also happen from misadministration of a single trustee for, you know, just a couple years. If that trust, if that veil is pierced, it opens up all the assets to creditors, litigation, liquidation, seizure. That's why it's important to, you know, and you know, I know it's my opinion, but you know, it's also my knowledge, what I know. That's why I know it's important. To receive proper instruction and education with regards to private administration. And, you know, this is why this is scary for a lot of people who do specific type of research. For the people who come into this information and they're looking to poke holes in it first. People like me. 
I want to see, I want to make sure it's true. I want to make sure it's real. I want to make sure it's solid, so I'm going to try to break it. And we find evidence of dramatic and traumatic loss within an estate due to improper administration. Whether it's a story told word of mouth or it's a case that we're able to get our hands on, regardless. Because I'm going to be honest, you know. Because I'm the, I'm the seeker of truth. I'm the speaker of truth. I'm going to be honest. If you're going to misadminister your private estate, don't set it up. Stay in the public. <clears throat> Worst case scenario, you're going to get taxed 30% on the exchange of your labor throughout your life until you retire. And then your estate is going to be probated. And it's going to be taxed again, but the, the, the remainder will be distributed to your heirs unencumbered at least you know there's some guarantee of a remainder you got all this stuff in the wrong type of structure administering and incorrectly you got your home you could lose everything your estate can lose everything so with great power comes great responsibility proper Private estate establishment and administration will put you head and shoulders above the average Joe and the average family pretty quickly. Improper administration will put you much below them. As there is more to gain, there is also inversely more to lose. And that's why here at the foundation, our trustee training, I'm going to tell you honestly, It's crafted and created from the standpoint of surviving an audit. Because if you can't survive an audit or teach your successors, successor trustees, the proper administration, proper tools, proper comprehension, and proper actions to take to protect the estate, what's the point? What's the point? Everything's all good until them people show up. We all know that. Sammy over there, he gangster until the police show up. Now you out of here. Gurus got the bulletproof trust until them people's come looking for them and then they trying to disappear. <clears throat> Everything's fine and dandy until there's an audit. And what you thought was proper was actually improper. And one administration mishap can bring down the whole entire thing. So it's important. It's important to get the proper training. It's important that you're not dealing with a guru. It's important that you're not dealing with someone who's wrapped up in their ego, whom wants to be someone or some big name or celebrity or guru wants the attention, the likes, the hearts, whatever, and are more interested in what they can gain 
than they are interested in what is being produced. What they are offering. What benefits are being exchanged from one hand to the next. There's people teaching other people how to do stuff that don't do it. You know what I'm saying? There's people giving advice on the internet about relationships, personal relationships that don't have them. There's fools telling you how to get rich and they're renting the car that they got in the video. This is the fake it till you make it generation. So be careful. And if you're interested in getting solid education with regards to private administration of private contract structures, complex trusts, also known as Massachusetts trusts, private trusts, a.k.a. common law trusts, but they're not common law trusts. They're executed under the common law right to contract. But they are not common law trusts. Make sure you email Email us, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. We have trustee training here at the foundation. We're working on building, you know, multiple tiers of the trustee, trustee training. We want to make it, you know, accessible to more people. Let's just put it like that. More families. And as we expand the offerings here at the foundation, I, I, I'm confident that we'll be able to do just that. Also, we're offering annual retainers here at the foundation. Those are specifically for people and families who already have an estate, already have trust, things of that nature, but they're looking for ongoing consultation and guidance. You know, from weekly calls, um, from the lowest tier all the way up to the highest tier where you're, you know, you're potentially even naming the foundation as a trustee of your family trust or something, something similar. But, you know, that's that's our retainer offerings here at the foundation. We're working on that. We're working on, you know, other things as well. So, you know, stay tuned. And keep your ear open. And sign up for that email list. We're transitioning to another email provider. I mean... Look, this transition, it's, I know it's taken a while. We had to rehack the, you know, because the, the site was down. It was, it was crazy for a while. So we had to get that back, and then that allowed us to start working back on what we're calling the the private side of Welcome to the Foundation, the private portal. It's going to be invite only, and it's going to have a lot of, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be luxurious. It's some real dancing. Um, and as such, you know, it's taking us a while to get it up off the ground. But we have a lot to offer in the last half of this year and, you know, the beginning of, you know, next year here at the foundation. But, you know, trustee training isn't going anywhere. Our weekly episodes of here at the foundation are not going anywhere. So obviously, the website isn't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So we're just, you know, we're just looking to expand here. So when it comes to private trust administration, when it comes to, you know, 
Because it boils down to this Exchanging your God given energy In the commercial system In the system If you want to really like Prove Prove positive legally Avoid taxation It would only Make sense to me If you were utilizing a private structure To do business with To interface with in commerce With regards to the exchange of your God-given labor And I think that's only natural And I think that's only correct And you know I do believe that you agree So, you know, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. You can just put in, uh, you know, the subject line, trustee training, you know, short introduction. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely get back to you and begin that process. Also, if you want to get started, if you're trying to start your business, LLC Corporation, and it's just, a, you know, it seems very cantankerous. You feel that you need to hire someone, whether it's legal Zoom or some corporate attorney. Listen, book a consultation. They're still $55 an hour. And outside of paying the the fees to incorporate, that's all it's going to be. Instead of, pay, instead of paying $700 for LegalZoom, or however much they're charging right now, and they're not even helping with the federal classification last time I checked, a simple consultation to do that. If you have any questions with regards to private trust, is it for you? Um, I have these concerns. Book a consultation. Why not? I've had many people um, that have tried to, you know, challenge me in this information. I've had, I've even had people say that they, you know, hung around, stuck around because they were, you know, looking for an opportunity to prove me wrong. I, I researched this information because I was trying to prove you wrong, and in doing that. Now I'm private And I'm doing it the right way I'm open to scrutiny You know most people if they, People who aren't open to scrutiny I feel like they got something but Why? Why is it? But if you put in engines and stuff right If I ask you a question about putting in engines And you get all weird I mean to me that's a red flag man Especially if I paid you to put in the engine Or if I paid you to teach me how to put in the engine and I ask you a question, you get all weird, get attitudes, start yelling at me or something. That's a weird old dance, man. I like to be challenged. I like to be. I like to be challenged on this information, you know. Not only because I'm very, 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 very solid in it, but also, you know, maybe I'll learn something. Maybe I'll be forced to learn something. Maybe I have to say, hey, man, you know what? I don't know, uh-huh, but let me get back to you. That means I'm about to learn something. And I'd love to learn. 100%. So, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> Private trust is not for everybody, you know. You know if you can't follow through. You know if you be half-stepping. Don't lie. You know. You know. You know if you, you know. Get, do you give it 100% most of the time? Or is it most of the time like 40%? Just, you know, because that's it. You, you know your temperament and what you're into and what you... How you go about your life How much energy and effort you put into the things That you're looking to accomplish 
whether it be for your boss or for yourself or for your family or for wherever, you know. And if you want them slackers, this stuff ain't for you. It's too harsh. Man, stay, just stay where you at, man. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being real. Like, this is this is real. Like, this is going to take some consistency and dedication. You have to take time. You have to sacrifice other things. You're going to be tested. You're going to have to go against, you know, sometimes your fear, sometimes your anxiety. In order to, you know, transition to the private. So if that's you, like I said, email admin at welcome to the foundation.com. I'm gonna take a phone call. I ain't taking a phone call in a while. Let me see if anybody pressed one. People be pressing one on accident. Let me see. Let me see. Take one phone call, maybe two. I don't know. If someone pressed one, call her 989. Six. Nine five nine. Hello. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Jason, calling from Michigan. Peace, Jason. Like the show. Like the show. Oh well, thank you. Good. I'm taking taking a little walk, listening to you talk. Um, I've listened to the last few your shows. I'm really glad I caught this stuff too because I've been following Yusuf for some years but you know I like I like what you're throwing down and I'm picking it all up too because it's um it's what I'm interested in too you know I, I haven't approached this stuff uh to the point where I've done anything but you know I figure I better know what I'm doing before I step into this properly so I I don't know I like to hear more about you, what you got to say about it as well I like the current event stuff that you bring up too Especially about the crazy future that we got coming, you know. You never, it ain't, yeah. ain't going to be where we came from. That's for sure. No, no it's going to be it's going to be very different, and a lot of it's going to happen, you know, behind the scenes. People aren't going to really know it at the time it happens, and the other stuff's going to be happening really fast. I think it's going to be very fast. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Um, yeah. Even like when you were bringing up stuff about. Um, the CBDCs and uh, the world coin and getting your eyes scanned and <laughs> that stuff for a lot of people. I, 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 uh, I, I'm into the blockchain stuff and the new crypto things and uh, a lot of different things, all, the, all this technology stuff. So um, I know for a lot of people that's either for young kids or uh, don't know about it or they don't really care to know about it, but I know that it's, it's coming right around the corner, and it's not going to go away, too. It's best to be prepared for it. Right. And, I, you know, I think um, I, I um, the, the the mobile phones, you know, they, they started with um, the fingerprint. I remember Apple had that fingerprint when that, when that right. first came out. I, I never used that. And then they started doing the face, face ID. Yeah. That came, and I just feel like you know this iris scan is just one step. You know, I I, I just it's, it's it's scary to think of how many people are just going to blindly accept it. Well, you know, I had my face scan, so what's the difference? Right, right, yeah. Um, I uh, really um try to protect my privacy, and I don't believe in any KYC with uh, most things, and uh, 
I, I don't put my fingerprints on the stuff or use, I put tape over my cameras. I know a lot of my friends that I do know that think I'm a little bit uh, maybe paranoid or just <laughs> just out there with it. But I know at some time, not too long from now, that all this stuff is going to uh, have one big hard drive file on everybody's business. So it's important to, you know, really protect yourself, especially when you're interacting with the communications that we do use to interact and it's basically all through the cell phone online and you know back in the day I mean years ago it was one of those things where if you heard some clicks on your phone you might have thought hey somebody's listening and not a lot of people back then thought that was thinking a little bit too much but it, it's all been coming to light now that yeah they've been listening any way they can and a lot of people are just like, well, I ain't got nothing to hide, so I don't care what you know who's listening to me or whatever. And I never even joined the Facebook or, I mean, I thought the name of Facebook in itself was a telltale of what it, what they're doing. You know, they don't they don't really hide too much. They tell you right what they're really doing, and then <laughs> it's right there. And so I guess a lot of people though they just they go with the flow and they, I don't know, it's just easier to kind of. Uh, for a lot of people, they they feel that they have no other choice. They got to do it. And for me, I've just yeah. it's it's been difficult. It's been difficult to not engage because it's made me have to I don't know miss out on connecting with people. Really, even yeah. um, I mean I mean I, I don't see no point. In, you know, if you do yourself a a video, you don't have to show your. I mean, like say you're on YouTube, you don't have to show your face. You can talk and. I, I respect people when they don't try to uh, expose, ex, you know, expose themselves for the privacy, right? And still get out there and try to connect with people while they can. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just uh, to some people, I don't know if that really matters much to them, but I, I can see that it's important because you can't erase your tracks later on. Yeah. You know. I agree. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's why, you know, that's why here at the foundation, we're adamant at starting the business. Because, yeah. you know, if you start a business, you start a family business. I mean, even if, you know, technically the business isn't technically in business, you know, or doing business, you know, you can have a business page. You know, the dot com com stands for commercial. I've always known this. Um, right. And I, only, I think that the, you know, the Internet isn't necessarily a personal place look at it as a commercial space it is absolutely commercial and you know we should treat it as such we can we can definitely interface with each other through brands uh through whether it be corporate brands or specific you know uh avatars pseudonyms things of that nature but yeah i I, I agree with you facebook you know that kind of changed everything and you know it really right it really spoke to the you know, the vanity and the ego in all of us, you know, yeah, you know, just do and uh, some of the evil genius that's, you know, got to respect it. I just, uh, some evil genius, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, always, I, 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 I have brands on, you know, social media, different brands and stuff. And then, you know, I'll just text my friend or message him on the platform and say, Hey, this is me. And I think that's a healthy sure. way to, you know, still, they remain on the social side, but, you know, still, you know, maintain that level of privacy, you know, at least outright. And I think that's the way we should all, and you know, believe it or not, you know, sure, we, we interface with the public through an individual, which is a corporate brand anyways, or, you know, a type of, you know, an agency or however people want to look at it. 
So, no, I agree with you. Definitely agree. Yeah, right on. Uh, I've never called in and done any of this too, so it's my first uh, first time ever reaching out like this. It's, you know, I'm a little I want to say a little nervous, but it's kind of you know, <laughs> just, I'm just kind of feeling you know whatever you want to call it. Maybe that that first time doing this sort of thing. But a little jitters. I, yeah. Well, yeah, look, a little. So I hope I'm not, you know, uh, steering your conversation in the other other way or wrong direction. I'm really more interested in how do I, how, where do I begin with the uh, process to, I mean, like you said, you, you, you got to study this stuff. And, you know, I think always, even maybe me just asking like the ABC basic questions, you know, like, where do you begin and from that point forward you know obviously you don't rush in until you know what you're doing but you got to start someplace and i know i want to contact you through your website i already signed up um so now that we chatted i'll reintroduce myself through another contact email you know then just it's easier to put a few words in you know out there vocally than trying to put it into a text or you know some sort of form like that for me right but uh I, you know, and i I've, i pretty much got both feet right into this stuff i mean as far as studying it but i still haven't you know made more of a move i don't have a llc or anything like that set up i hear everybody says that's what you want to do as far as you start there with your your name get an llc and maybe open a business bank account I don't have a bank. Right. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm way on the private side. What it is is I'm so out of the matrix <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, I, I, out of the public. I'm just trying to figure out how do I get back and, and do this dance where I got one foot in and one foot out. And I've come across, you know, uh, all this information for the last maybe six or seven years on YouTube with different people. And, of course, it gets a little confusing because when you start listening to a few of them, they all have a little different – what you're what you're trying to uh, you know what you're trying to get out of it you know and then as i keep listening more i start you know reformulating well oh this is more like what i would like to i guess get out of the process like i even with the secure uh creditor process and then you know i've heard people say you know it's uh if you want to be fully private you just tell the government that you're just resigning, basically. You send them your birth certificate and tell them that you're out and you're going to be private 100%, but then they say, well, then you're cut off from all everything. So, I mean, I don't see that really being a totally smart move. You may say, it's, you know, then you're really putting yourself in the woods. So, and, you know, and I guess, too, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I was aware of Bitcoin back in 2010, and I realized I could see a lot of the futures that's coming. I mean, I've listened to you talk already too, and you really, you know, you, you, you're a visionary. So it, it's I think a lot of this stuff, even though a lot of people might just think it's some novelty, it's it's coming. And then putting private trust and smart contracts together, and somehow where this AI and all this automation is almost going to be replacing a lot of the, the paperwork or a lot of what we think government is anyways. It's all going to be being done through computers. I mean, not even by people pretty soon. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know, have you even considered some of our 
like trying to apply your knowledge into that direction where somehow the trust and all of these things become sort of a code that is actually automating through some sort of self-administered, uh, you know, smart contract on the blockchain or anything like that? Is that have you ever like <laughs> uh, entertained those ideas yet? That's what yeah, I, I've yeah. been thinking stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I know that's a okay. I know it's a little, it's a little in the future for some people, well, but because I mean, you know, with the imp- with, with the the implication, well, the the deployment really of Fed now, um, right? And the way banks are moving, yep. you know, they're gonna subtly change the terms and conditions, and you know, they're it's gonna be baked into. Um, all uh, checking accounts, all savings accounts, that FedNow yeah. access, you know, it's going to, the, the CBDC access, it's all going to be banked into accounts before people know it. Right. I think it's already happening right now. It, um, it, it people did People are starting to get notices. Like the, yeah, like over right. the last weekend, it was official, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, people, people are starting to get notices of the change in terms of the conditions from their banks. Is what I'm saying. Right, right. Um, and they'll say, "Oh, say this like, doesn't oh, change." Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say something like, you know, like senior citizens and stuff. People getting their social security checks and stuff like that. Right. This is all for them. Uh, like my parents are older. This stuff, they they're not going to be able to do much about all that. They wouldn't get their money unless they do it, right? But for Right. I think for younger people, they still have an opportunity to try to grab, I guess what you call, what would be the private money yet, which is probably, I don't want to name anything particular, but, you know, some of the cryptocurrencies that represent that, uh, no government owns it or controls it stuff, that, that's the sort of thing that it'll take where people can accept that as their form of, you know, exchange for services or whatever i mean right now i know that isn't what is happening why you know most people don't use it it's more of like a speculative idea but it's not very far away where that would be i don't you know either you're going to get a cbdc from the government and that's going to be what you're operating on or you're going to find a way that you're negotiating with some other form like a possibly Bitcoin or something like that, that other people mm. will, will, you know, will, will take an exchange for it. Uh, BlackRock, they just went deep on Bitcoin. I mean, and they own all the everything, all the real estate and all the money. So it it's crazy, you know, and, you know, as you think of like the money wars, even like with China doing the BRICS thing, and then we have, you know, our whole system over here tied to all this debt, it, it's more like, um, I guess, like for most of us, we're we're tied into an American lifestyle, and we've just been used to doing things the way we have been just to survive. But things are going to shift where people that are on the private, it's almost like the Hunger Games. You know, it's like some people are going to be fed well, and other people are going to be out here living in in the woods, just trying to make their ends meet, like. They're going back in time, you know what I mean? Possibly. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that won't happen, but 
people are getting priced out of, like you were saying earlier, it's getting too much for everybody to even afford rent. So uh, what will people do when they can't afford to stay in this, I don't know, in the circus, you know what I'm saying? They're just pricing people out of everything. Oh, that's so I, I that's know. where the universal basic income comes in. Correct, right? And the so AI they will got, be the they, thing that they got the they got the the elderly population with um uh pension uh payments, social security payments. They're gonna have most the predominantly the majority of the poor population with um uh you know, uh what is it, welfare um, right and those types of social programs and then they're going to get the other people with universal basic income basically free money free fed coins right. free cbdc's and right. it's going it's, I mean, it's going it's, it's already being baked into accounts see and this is why i'm i'm here at the foundation we push not only setting up your private estate you know business trust asset trust family trust but like i said starting a business starting a business yeah so you, you right. can't get you can't get pushed out. You'll always um, have an opportunity to become productive and offer a quality good or service. And you know, no artificial intelligence, nothing nothing of that nature <laughs> is going to stop anyone from getting up and right. offering a quality good or service. If you already have established checking accounts uh, and potentially saving accounts, brokerage accounts, things of that nature, um, for the private trusts, um, you know, there's no real issue, you know, there's, you don't have to, um, have the personal accounts that have, you know, the CBDCs in them. You can, you know, let's say you want to access these central bank digital currency. We don't have to be afraid of them anymore. Now, of course, you're not going to get the UBI in a trust or an LLC, but you know, we don't have to be necessarily afraid of them anymore because it's, it'll be just like a note or any other commodity or particular form of, or species of currency, you know, that the trust is transacting in under, you know, it's governing contract and, you know, and having the LLC, not only a, we'd be able to pass down, you know, a business, but, you know, um, it allows the, it allows not only you for in this example, or you and your family to have access to, what we would say that higher social class, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you know, a lot of people try, try, try again. Like how many times was it doing Edison tried before he, you know, got the light bulb or whatever. Right. And he was Don't like, what did he say? I didn't fail <laughs> all those times. I learned how not to make it work or how not to, right. or something like that. And right. I thought that was cold too, but you know, there's there, there's an aspect of this whole dystopian future that is is really um, muted when you look at it from the eyes or you know from the perspective of a you know a, being truly private and operating truly through you know your private estate. It you know yeah because a lot of people when UBI comes man you better have a business set up you better be. People made a lot of money. There's people who made a lot of money sitting at home from Amazon to selling feet pictures during, you know, um, <laughs> the the times of stimulus, you know, a couple of years ago and things of that nature. And that was just a couple thousand dollars they were throwing around. Imagine <laughs> what, when, when these you, people get. What, 
<laughs> say it again. What, what what kind of pictures did you just say? The the feet pictures, man. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make a funny comment. Uh, you know, we were talking about Facebook. Um, me and a friend were joking years ago, and we're like, "Well, what would be the other thing? I guess you'd call it footbook." And then footbook, you just brought that yeah. up. Ankle ankle book, butt book. <laughs> well, then you're not book. putting your face on it too, right? That's the private way. You got to put just take a picture of your feet, man. Wow, but that's yeah. funny. Yeah, and people are making money that way. People I'm not, not money just, I just thought. I just thought hey, I'd throw that in there, but yeah, you know, um, if, if people so are getting universal basic business. income, if they're getting a certain amount of money every week or every month, but that money isn't enough for them to change their lifestyle, for them to change their economic position, for them to change their quality of life, after a while, you know, you get you bought everything. After a year or two, three years or so, you bought right. everything. Right. So you know, if you yeah. are in a in a position to offer a quality good or service, or maybe not a quality good or service, but either way, a good or service. You know, you you have the potential to become very very wealthy in a short amount of time. Uh, time. Universal basic income. People are you know, a, a lot of content creators I have noticed are really really um, um, scaring people about UBI. And I think the other side yeah. of it is if you're private and you own a business, you can't wait for universal basic income. You can't wait. Yep. And we still have time right. to position ourselves. We still have time yeah, to position our families. 2025. So we got about a year and a half to go. Here we go. So. Yeah. It's almost it's almost here, but we still have time. That's why we're doing this. That's why you're, you're, you're sending the message and you're trying to say, listen, you know, this is last call. Get ready because it's coming. You know? And yeah. I, that's for me. I'm like, yeah, I want to figure out how to establish myself somehow with the private side factors and then be able to move forward because if I start bringing in any kind of money I want it to be as properly put in like a trust treasure 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 chest whatever you might look at it as and and just hope that it doesn't get really touched you know through the years to come you know because if I can pass anything on to Anybody in my family, then it's gonna that would be great, you know. Like I said, you were saying earlier, like other people, you know, you, you stay on the public side and and then everything goes into probate. Usually, when someone passes away and the state takes another big chunk, and there ain't much left after anybody, yeah. if any. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't like um, that. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, I don't either, you know, and. Family is family is the business, and it's family is the future. If you don't have it, you know, and I know I, my my family didn't have a lot of uh, uh, education set up behind them to know how all this system works. And I mean, and everything I've learned in the last few years has just it's been uh, mind blowing, you know, about how every because you know it's all coming out too around now. I mean, yeah. if you look, if you get online, people have uh, let's say cracked the code and. If you get into paying attention to stuff, it's just like, wow, 100 years ago, they changed everything. And it's just about time when everyone's just finally really putting it together and figuring it out what happened and why it's this way. It's all going to change again real quick. And so I try to stay a couple steps ahead or, or you know, with, with understand about this blockchain stuff because that, that might, to me, I think is 
where somehow I'm going to have to know how to integrate with all of that to move forward and not be, uh, well, you know, trying to catch up with it. I'm just trying to, trying to like bring myself into it with whatever from the past we call, you know, and integrate it. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking my call. And, you know, uh, I'll be listening to your episodes. I'll uh, give a thumbs up on the Twitter, the, the X now, instead of the Twitter. <laughs> you know, we got the X. <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, I don't really have any friends that actually um, entertain this kind of topics. It's either too too far out for them or too over their head or they're just not, like you were saying earlier, but a lot of people just don't, I don't know, they maybe think it, I can't do this or something, but for me, I I don't see any other choices. I'd like to take some of this training, you know, start doing as much as I can because if I could help other people and know what, how to do it properly, you know, I, I don't, you know, like you said, there's a lot of gurus out there or people that are just trying to impress people. I'm not about that. I yeah. just want to know how to do this right. So, right. You know, I, I like I, I like your website. I, I I've been on it for a couple of weeks now, looking at it and stuff. So everything you offer, and I, I'm hoping to get a little deeper into it. So, Great. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, can I can I contact you direct through the website? I mean, if I email, would you, are you the one receiving them or someone else? Because you know, I don't know yeah, how I mean, many people are. If up. you if you send it to admin at welcome to the foundation dot com, I'll get it. Oh, all right, great, great. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, I, I'm only trying to just uh, tie it up because I don't know if you were you're hanging on me talking or what, but you know, I, I'm still. We can keep on. You can keep on. You know, throwing down with me right now if you want. Other than that, I, I can let you go in case you got another call or, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I am. I am gonna wrap it up, but I, I did want to say that, um, you know, it's important. Uh, and I'm glad it came up in this conversation. It's important to to recognize that you know Fed Now is going to hit every account. It's not just going to hit individual accounts. Fed Now is going to be on corporate accounts, LLC accounts, you know, businesses, employers. They're all going to be on it, you know. And right. I know. I know a lot of the 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 narrative is, you know, how how it's going to be be very, very negative for, you know, individual privacy, so on and so forth. It doesn't have to, you know, because, you know, as I said, you know, we don't have to have individual accounts to, you know, access, you know, these this, I, what I would say would be a, a, a separate species of currency, an additional species of right. currency. So, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the important distinctions of um, or in, uh, distinctions to make with regards to why it's important to get this information. And it's important to properly set up your stuff. And it's important to set up, to start, an, start a business. You're like, well, I don't know what to do. Right. Start a business. Well, I don't know what I'm selling. Right. Start a business. Go over the bank account. Well, I don't know what I'm selling. Just start it. Just start it. <laughs> Just start right. it. I, I mean, any form of income, if it is what was called dollars is going to be the CBDC Fed now system, basically. Yeah, so no matter I mean, but what they're gonna, it's going to be simultaneous, just like um, they did Federal Reserve notes simultaneously with bank notes and others, you know, silver and gold certificates for a while. And, right. you know, I mean, eventually it, they pulled out the currency. Cash, 
that will that will keep people from really you know once the cash is gone and they want to go cashless uh, that's when everyone's going to realize then the only way you're interacting with people is directly through some form of this new fed now system i mean and uh, until then i've asked a few people most of these people don't know i've asked some business owners recently and stuff they don't know and people don't know i just think it's well they don't probably care. It's like what works underneath the hood. I mean, almost right now, the way the banking system is, it's just fake digits in an account, right? <laughs> and it, it, they just flip the switch anyways. So it's well, not I mean, like there's actual fake, money. People there. say fake digits. Uh, you know, look, this is not a system of exchange. This is a system of accounts. However, they keep account, whether it's dig- digits in the machine or, you know, strikes of lead on a piece of paper. It's a system of account. It's a very, very large system of account. Since Bretton Woods and, you know, True. even a little bit before then. So, but you know, fake or not. substance in, right. in the hand, let's say, right? And, I mean, I think like with a lot of people, they figure money is either paper or gold or silver, where for years now, since there's been debit cards and credit cards and everything, most people, they transact all on plastic right now, and all those digits are being moved around between the banks without actually anything physically moving right that's true that's true yeah i yeah. agree and, and that and the blockchain really is just a uh a so it's another another dimension it's just, it's that addition. allows for with you know with the bitcoin blockchain that is a public well, legend here's the thing that, here's that the is thing. a public notary to show when well, things listen, are happening where man the other you one, know that, not. <laughs> you know, banks are patenting, patenting, they are patenting sub, sub, uh, sub blockchains. Yeah, private sub blockchains, and then there's, yes. Well, I'm talking about yeah, the subnetting I, I, of them, and then they're patenting them. Oh, re- sure. There's a, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening, but hey, yeah. I appreciate you calling in. I look forward okay, so. to, uh, yeah, I look forward to your email, man. I got to get out of here. Um, they're about to cut us yes, off and sir. stuff, but but thank you for calling you in. Have a great night. Yeah, you, thank you. You as well. Thank you okay. for checking out the All foundation. Right, I look forward to talking to you and assisting you in the future. Right. Have on. a good one. I'll... All right. Peace out. Good night. Peace. All right, y'all, always a pleasure to be introduced to a new listener of the foundation. But with that being said, we're out of here. Private trust, worst case scenarios. We discussed a lot. I trust that you were able to learn something today on this episode of the foundation you know, make sure you email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you check out the website. You can book a consultation. We have trustee training. We have the foundation trust series. We have the foundation trust primer. We have a lot of things um, and we will have more, but we still have time. It's not all bad. We just have to take action. And that's what we're about here at the foundation. So with that being said, thank y'all for checking out the show this week. It has been my absolute pleasure. My name is So L, Seeker of Truth L, Speaker of Truth L. And this has been the foundation on High Frequency Radio Network. Y'all make sure that y'all have a great week. You enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight and every night because it's very important. 
And I will catch you next week on the same exact station, the hottest radio network on the planet, High Frequency Radio Network. Once again, my name is Sot L, your host of the foundation, and it has been an absolute pleasure. Y'all enjoy yourself, investigate, and be easy. I'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.